Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the First Things First podcast. I, let me just say, I uh, those of you who are listening, I know that you love this podcast because you've chosen to like chime in and to listen. But I need for you to know that I love this podcast, too. It really is one of my favorite things. And I love it so much because I love to hear people's stories. I love to hear story people people talk about um about their families about about uh, about their faith about um just about their lives i love to learn more about folks and honestly that's why the podcast started because i became the pastor and i wanted an excuse to be able to, <laughs> to, to talk to people get to know them a little bit and so so it is so fun for me to do this podcast and i hope that it's as fun for you to be able to listen to it but each week we invite amazing, fascinating, interesting people to sit down and have a conversation, and we get to learn more about them. We get to hear about what God has done in their lives. It's so fun, so awesome. Um, and this week is no exception. Have We have an amazing, fascinating, interesting person. I can't wait for you to hear her story. And some of you out there who are listening probably are, have heard a little bit of Jamie's story already, so in one form or another. But uh, but I'm really excited to have Jamie Warren on the podcast today. Uh, Jamie uh, and her husband have, have been coming to our church for a couple of years at least, Two right? Two years, yes. Yeah. They've been coming to our church for a couple of years. They've, they've plugged in and involved in a bunch of different ways. And, uh, uh, and, uh, and so a lot of you probably seen Jamie around the church in, in, in several different capacities, but um, but I want to let Jamie introduce herself. So Jamie, uh, tell our, tell our I'll, I love to make this joke, so tell our tens and tens of listeners out there, <laughs> to, uh, tell them what they need to know about the Warren family, about Jamie. What do they need to know about you? Well, I'm Jamie Warren, and I am a teacher at Shellwater Intermediate School. Awesome. What but, do you teach? Um, I used to teach in the classroom, but now I do reading interventions, oh, so sweet. I work with students that are struggling readers yeah, and yeah. help them grow and yeah. kind of like that. Um, my husband is Jake Warren and we both grew up in shallow water. Yeah. Um, Jake's older than me, so we actually didn't meet each other in shallow water, but okay. we decided this was where we wanted to raise our family. Yeah. Um, we have two kids, Marshall, he's five, and then Caroline, who's three. Yeah. And, and they're super cute, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> like, like uh, painfully, almost maybe... Too like, cute. Huh? Yes. I'm not yeah. allowed to say that, Jake says, right. because I'm his their mom. But <laughs> no, they're real cute. So uh so that's awesome. So two kids. Uh and and how long have you guys been back in shallow water? Um, we moved here um eight years ago. Okay, awesome. Um yeah. so we both just ended up in Lubbock and then we we've been married for seven years. Okay. Yeah. And just settled back in shallow water. Yeah, so, yeah. um, I actually graduated and then immediately started working at the school as a paraprofessional at nice. 19. So I really didn't go very far while I went to college. I was working for the school already. <laughs> so th- you, this has been it where you've been. Me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. Grew up in shallow water, graduated from shallow water high school. Yes. So the whole nine yards. Yes. All right. Okay. So well, before we get started, though, I do have one question because you said that Jake grew up here too, so you, but he was older than you, right? Mm-hmm. So you didn't meet him. I, tell me where, how did y'all meet? Let's hear that story. Is that okay to ask that question? We met at work. I was a waitress and okay. he would come in and see see me. Oh, so yeah. I see how so it is. it's kind of like we did not meet in shallow water. I yeah. knew his entire family. Okay. Okay. But. I did not know he existed because if you know Jake, you know he's very, he's very quiet. Yes, and yes. I'm the exact opposite, <laughs> and I can talk to everybody in the world. So I talked to him just enough to make him comfortable, I right. guess. Yeah, yeah. And so we met not in shallow water at all. And then I found out who his family was, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I know enough about your family that I'm cool with this." Yeah, so that's I awesome. went on a date with him. So okay, so you've said right that you didn't know him. Did he know you though? Like, did he know who you were before? I honestly, I don't think I've ever asked him. So yeah. maybe, maybe not. Yeah, because it's possible, right, that he had seen you around. Maybe. And then he sees you at waitressing at the restaurant. He's like, hmm. Well, his mom knew me. So his mom <laughs> used to be, um, I did track and cross country, and she was the watermelon woman. I always call her that. Because <laughs> I don't know if they still 
still do that. They she, do. They she, do. Yeah. So yeah. they bring watermelon every Wednesday. And yeah. so when we started dating, I was like, oh my gosh, your mom's the watermelon woman. <laughs> so I'm sure she loves me saying that, but it's fine. That's awesome. And his aunt actually was my principal when I was in middle school here. Oh, that's so so cool. he knew yeah. everything about me without knowing me. Probably. Yes. Right. Yeah. Y'all had never had a conversation, but he knew mm. knew you were. Yes. But but I love this though. Like so, he's going in to the restaurant, and he's sees you in there, and y'all have a conversation. He's like, I need to eat here more often, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty awesome. Maybe so. Yeah. That's pretty good. I love that story. All right. So, uh, okay. So, you know, Jamie, you already know this, but, 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 but within the podcast, we really love to hear people talk about their faith story, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so talk about, talk about if you would, you know, you grew up here in shallow water, but how, how did you come to faith in Christ? Like, when did that happen for you? What was going on in your life at the time? Like, just talk about that journey to, mm-hmm. um, to committing your life, surrendering your life to Christ. What did that look like for you? Um, to be honest with you, that one's a little bit difficult and probably not traditional for me. Um, I did grow up in shallow water and shallow water was always the most consistent home for uh-huh. me. Um, but my biological father was abusive and, um, so we moved around a lot. My mom, she would try and get us away from him. And then one of my mom's passing boyfriends, um, got her into drugs. And so my mom got pretty rough from there. So my grandparents lived in shallow water and my uncle and my aunt. And so whenever things got pretty rough for my mom, this is where we ended up. And yeah. so the last time I moved here was in seventh grade. And that's, I started coming to the youth nights here in shallow yeah. water. And so I've been here since I was a seventh grader, which that's is kind of awesome. weird to think about now. Um, but, but like in elementary, I probably went to 12 different schools. And so I have moved around a lot, but shallow water was always like my safe place. Right. Um, so my, my faith journey goes a little bit different. Um, and a lot of the people that are part of our church and maybe are from shallow water know a little bit of my story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was emancipated when I was 16 years old mm-hmm. and, um, my mom had ended up with a boyfriend who, um, wasn't so great for her. And I tried several times to talk my mom into not, not being in that relationship. And one day he asked me to leave his home. Mm. And, um, I asked my mom to come with me and she didn't, she chose to not. And so I continued going to high school in shallow water and, um, navigating being a grown up and a teenager at the same time. Yeah. Can we just, let me ask you a question about that because Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to get my head around how painful it must've been for you because I'm sure what it, well, that's what it was. I felt that way. Um, your mom choosing her her boyfriend over you. Mm-hmm. That, you know. So can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah. That? Yes, you... and a big part of my faith journey that um, I really like to talk about, and I love that we did the conference that Anna put together, the mm-hmm. Loved Conference, because um, during that part of my life, like I really thought that there wasn't a person in this world that could possibly love me. Yeah, and I felt painfully alone and I, um, surrounded myself with people that, um, weren't very good at all, to be honest with you. Um, cause you were just looking for any kind of like acceptance. Yes. And so I got myself into a relationship with a boy who wasn't much different than what my father was. Mm. Um, and he kind of, used that to keep me under his wing of, you know, your own mom doesn't love you. Why in the world would anybody else? And so a lot of my faith journey, um, really, really ties back to being worthy of, of love. And, and, you know, one of my favorite things to talk about when I talk about it is we as women and even men, I'm sure as well, but we, we search for love in all the wrong places. And honestly, like you talk about my faith journey and I think that, um, this past year has been the biggest growth for me in my faith journey because I've always believed in God. I always knew that there was because I've experienced numerous 
traumas. I've experienced numerous things of where like nobody would know if they're going to be okay or, or anything like that. And even when I was a little girl, like I knew like the only thing I could do is pray. Mm. And I had zero exposure to faith from my mom and even my grandparents. Um, I like to think that they were Christians, but they never talked about God. They never took us to church. They never, anything like that. So I just, I just remember being a little girl and praying like to get through some of the things. And so I knew he was there and I always felt some sense of like something. Right. Um, but it wasn't until I got older that I started to understand that. And for so long, um, even before I met Jake, like I went through so much of not feeling worthy of anything. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know if I even answered your question, but going back to like my mom, I mean, that's the ultimate, like that's the one person in this world that's supposed to love you more than anybody else. Right. On the planet. And I just, I, I begged and pleaded for her to want different than what she was living, what we were living to, to do something different for us. And she never did. So at, at the end of the day, you know, not being chosen by the person that gave birth to you is a huge, huge thing. And it honestly broke me completely for Mm -hmm. a long time. And so, I mean, I don't know. Did I answer your question there? No, I get, I I just, you know, my my parents got divorced when I was, you know, really young and, Mm -hmm. Um, and I had a, a relationship with my father, but, but we weren't, we, weren't super, we didn't talk a lot. Like, I mean, we would see him a few, you know, a few times, you know, over, over the course of a year, we didn't really talk in between those times a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then he signed over parental rights whenever I was in the sixth grade. So I, that fe- I mm-hmm. felt really like a rejection, yes. you know, it really did. Like, uh, and there's all kinds of factors going on in his life I, that now I know, right. I, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I probably knew it then too, but it didn't. It didn't change the fact that that's what it felt like. There was nothing that was going to change that. Yeah, right? like absolutely. That, so, uh, so anyway, so when you said that, I thought, yeah, uh, I mean, that's that's a a real gut punch mm-hmm. to have that feeling from a parent, right? So, yeah. You know, uh, and it does kind of leave a mark. You know, it mm-hmm. really does. And that's really the perfect word that I don't think I've ever looked at it as that word, but rejection, like uh-huh. just. You know, when I was so young and going through things with my father, like my mother was what I thought was the best person on this planet, you know, because she was saving us from him. She was the one taking the brunt of everything so that we could be okay. Mm -hmm. And realizing like at that point when I was 16, that she wasn't at all who I thought she was going to be. And she wasn't at all the savior that I thought she was supposed to be. And I knew the things that she was doing wasn't right. I have two sisters. Um, one of them dropped out of school as an eighth grader and my mom let her. And she, she experienced a significant trauma. She was, um, sexually assaulted as an eighth grader. And then my other sister, um, she was mentally challenged and she's, passed away three years ago but Mm. she was living in a group home so like I knew my mom wasn't doing the things the right way but I still always saw it as she had lived through so much right yeah she was trying to do everything out of her way to save us and till I realized she wasn't at all and like I like you said I know now the only explanation for some of those things is she can't be mentally stable she can't um be where she should be um and I don't know if that comes from the things that she she dealt with from my dad or... Yeah, or even the, before that. Yes, yeah. or um, I, the drugs or mm-hmm. alcohol or, you know, there's so many factors that I know now that that couldn't possibly be because, you know, I never imagined putting my babies through yeah. some of those things. And I just, the word that you used really just drove home for me, rejection is uh-huh. the truest feeling I've felt. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so let's, let's talk about how, how, you know, your, how did you journey to faith in the middle of all of that hurt and stuff? Like, what did that look like for you? Um, for a long time, it just was survival and that's the truth of it. And I met Jake and, you know, when you're in the situation that I have in his 
like I mentioned to you before, Jake's aunt was my um, assistant principal when I was in middle school. So she knew all the things about me right. um, because my sister was in school with me and that kind of stuff. So he knew a little bit of my story without ever having to ask about it. And mm. um, it started with him, to be honest, with this so, which kind of sounds so cliche, but we talked about the rejection and I was at a point in my life where I, I knew like there wasn't a person on this planet that could ever mm-hmm. find anything good about me or care for me at all. And gosh, Jake day by day really showed me like what it meant to love someone, what it meant to be loved by someone. Right. And if you know any of the Warrens, you may not, but um, if you're from shallow water, then you know the Warrens. Um, but they were probably the perfect family for someone who didn't really have one. Um, And they just wrapped me up. And so it started through the lens of the love that I was receiving from Jake. And Mm -hmm. he might kill me for talking about that, (laughs) but he's just, he's the quiet guy who doesn't really talk about a lot. And, but his genuine care for those around him was something I had never experienced with my family. And so honestly, that started it for me. And, You know, I grew up wanting to go to church so bad. And I have this this best friend, which I I talk about all the time, and she's still my very best friend to this day. But um, when I was much younger, I I think we were in first grade, maybe second grade, um, I went to a birthday party with my best friend or with some of my friends, and my mom had forgot about me. She didn't come get me from the birthday party because she was on one of her things. And my best friend, Becca, um, saw me outside of the skating rink in Plainview, which is where I lived at that point in my life. And mm. her and her mom took me home. And I ended up living with them on and off throughout my whole childhood. And so when I got to live with Becca, we would go to church. Mm. And so that was like the only exposure I had to church at all, which in the town of shallow water seems kind of different because you think that everybody here in our safe little bubble has that around them, but I didn't. And so I got little taste of it and her stepdad, his name was Dr. Branch and he is a legend in shallow in Plainview and taught Sunday school, did all the things. And I just remember like listening to him talk about God Mm. and the true belief that he had. And it was just so foreign to me, right. you know, and I had never experienced having a grown up around me that had that type of faith. And so it just, it start. it probably started with him, but as I got older, it turned into not really knowing what that looked like. Mm-hmm. And then after, after Jake and I got married, um, and we had babies and we just, I told him, I'm like, when I was growing up, I so much craved to have that church family, the, um, the people, but I honestly didn't know what it meant to be a Christian. And I don't know that I still do, but I'm working Mm -hmm. on it, you know, and we knew that, you know, Jake grew up coming to the Baptist church here in shallow water and going to youth night here. And, when I moved here in seventh grade, that w- that's when I, when I settled here finally in seventh grade. That's when I started coming to church on Wednesday nights here in Shallowwater. And I'm not going to lie, like it started of, they used to do like a meal for, right. in which I think they still do. Yeah, I don't know. We do, yeah. My kids aren't old enough for that yet. But um, <laughs> I would come because I got free food on yeah. Wednesday nights and that sounds really bad, but. No, that's why we do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I'm probably a poster child for why yeah, y'all do right. that, you know. So You're not the only story by the way. There's a, I mean <laughs> there's a uh, there's a lot of stories in this church of people who they came because their friends were here and there was food and mm-hmm. and gave their life to Christ and you know, God made all the difference. So so it's really important yes. you know, to us, yeah. And you know, looking back, I don't think that I've ever thought of it that way, but that is the reason I was here. Mm-hmm. And I didn't always get to go consistently because my right. mom would never bring me. And I lived out outside of shallow water in the mm-hmm. in the spot that people don't always like to go to. So yeah. I didn't get to come unless I walked or right. unless I stayed with a friend after school. Or sometimes I just never went home after school and I stayed in shallow water until it was t- time for church so that I could could come here and be around different people. Yeah, yeah. And 
I mean, coming to church and going to school was just a really, a really great way for me to pretend like all the things in my life weren't happening and probably not dealing with them, Mm -hmm. but just not happening. So I did get a little bit of exposure to that then, but I think it's so cool that we're recording today because, um, I would really say that my big faith journey started last year after Mm. if, if gathering, which was like, I don't know, we, we talk about little things and some people might view it as cliche, but, um, I got invited by my friend Morgan and Jennifer, which, you know, Jennifer Uh Mitchell and Morgan Castillo, they're two of my great friends. And, um, Morgan is my best friend, Becca's cousin. So I've known Morgan since I was a little girl, but we reconnected as adults and really built a friendship together. Yeah. And Morgan kept asking me to come and I kept, things kept coming up, you know, (laughs) Jake's involved with the shallow water sports network and it's playoff season. So that's kind of a hard thing. And Morgan's like, you're not missing this. Like you have to be there. You have to be there. And Jennifer was like, I'm going to come get you and I'll take you to the game. You know, we'll go. And so they, they really pushed me. And I have to say like, that was the first day I really felt like I wasn't going to church. Just, and you talk about this sometimes in church and I always feel like you're talking to me, but (laughs) (laughs) you you always say like some Christians just go through the motions and some, some want to know, but some don't really know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that, that was me a year ago. And that sounds crazy because, you know, I've been coming here for a while, but I went and just seeing some of the women worship and love God and pray to God. And, you know, for so long through some of the things that I was living, like it was so important to me to hide all of those things. My, My very best friends here in shallow water had no idea what I was living. They thought that I lived in Lubbock and my mom never, my parents never let people come over because I never talked about my home life. I pretended like it wasn't happening. And so being there and watching these women share the raw, yucky, Mm -hmm. not happy things in their world. And I just, that was the first time I believe I really saw what faith was truthfully. And when I was, when I was younger, I did, I did get baptized when I was younger um, and I've always known, like, I wanted to believe in God. I knew what he sure. was, but I don't, I know I didn't know what it meant. Right. Um, but I know that it sounds kind of silly. I don't know if I'm getting at the right point, but just being surrounded with those women that the way that they worshiped, the way that they loved, uh-huh. the way that they truthfully cared about one another, it made me, I wanted that so yeah. much. Yeah. And so it just, it just turned into the next months of me honestly bugging Morgan and asking her the silly questions that we teach our kids in Sunday school of what, like, how do you read the Bible? Uh Like, what is, like, what does it mean to study the Bible? Cause I would, I had tried before, like you open it up and you're like, what in the world is this? Right. Cause (laughs) there's so much there. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the deep dive podcast we're doing is Genesis and believe me, there's Sometimes they were like, I don't even know how we're going to talk about this, you know, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, the, without any context, you know, mm-hmm. and just as a new believer, just like, I'm just going to open the Bible, start reading. It can be really confusing. Right. Know? And, you know, I think of it like that, like, like I, I, I talked about this at my, at the loved conference that we did, but I know that I always believed because I remember a specific time in my life where my father was, um, he was hitting my mom and me and my two sisters were in a closet and the lights were off and, um, we couldn't, couldn't reach and we couldn't get out. And Amanda, my big sister, was like, what are we supposed to do? And I just remember telling her, let's just pray. Like mm-hmm. that's in, so it's so crazy to me because zero people in my life had ever prayed for me at that point. Right. And I was so young and we just sat there and held hands and we prayed. And I remember that day forever, but I didn't know what that was. Yeah. And, and so I don't know that I really feel like this whole past year has been a growing journey for me Mm. of figuring out, like, you can say you believe in God, but are you living in his image? Are you doing what he wants you to do? Do you know him at all? And I, I don't think I did. Uh And I I know I'm trying to a lot and I have incredible friends and so Jake and I jumped into a life group yeah and you know we were just talking today um 
again, it's the state tournament this weekend and, you know, and if gatherings here and I was just telling him how important it was for me to get to be there again Mm -hmm. because, and I'm so sorry, it gets me emotional, but it was just pivotal for me. Mm -hmm. It was like more than anything I wanted, I wanted my babies, Marshall and Caroline to get to grow up with a faith-rooted family. I wanted them to grow up in a church. I want them to to know what it means to pray to God and love God and give Him the glory. Mm -hmm. And it was just pivotal for me. And so um, I just told him, like, I know what's important, and Mm -hmm. I know that I have to be here for this. And just we had that conversation today, like, about just what how significant that, that was to me. And some people, you know, we're from shallow water and we love the Phillies and we love the Mustangs, yeah, but man. in the same breath, it, it was just, I, I had to put my, I have to put my focus in that yeah. too. I don't know if that was the right thing to say, the right way to say yeah, it. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, so a couple of things that kind of strike me about your story is that, is that, so it's clear that the Holy Spirit was working in your life all along, you know, mm-hmm. cause you, you kept saying it over and over again that you may not have there was no one in your life really that had a faith story that was encouraging that in you, but but there was this part of you that knew mm-hmm. to reach out to the Lord and and to mm-hmm. pray to God. And so I think that's true, like of all of us in one way or another, there, you know, the Holy Spirit is active and alive and working in our mm-hmm. lives. You know, even before we even know who he is or what he's doing, like he's he's there and he's working. And um and I think people, some people who have really experienced trauma, like there's been other people on our podcast who have experienced some, some trauma, like you who've shared the same thing. Like they, no one was encouraging them Mm -hmm. to, to know God or to seek God, but they did. They knew that God was there with them and they were praying. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I love that. I I think Mm -hmm. that's so important for us to, you know, just kind of stop and acknowledge. Um, but, but what, what, what's, what happens in, in your life is that you, you know, and, and then you, then like you kind of progress to a point where you're like, well, I want to be one of these people that goes to church. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, oh, yes. Because those people, they, they're, you know, they're, you know, they were the people who were caring for you, right? Mm-hmm. They were the people who you felt, you know, welcomed, you felt, you know, and so you're like, I want to be one of these kinds of people, right? right? Who, who they go to church and they, and they don't do the things that my parents do. They, they've mm-hmm. kind of ordered their lives in a different way. I'd like to order my life in that way. Cause I don't want to order it in this way. Right. You know? So, so that's kind of another evolution, right? You get this, well, I want to be one of these kind of people and not one of those kind of people. Mm-hmm. Right? right. But then, but then what happens is that, you know, you have this experience with the, with the Lord where it be, where you maybe begin to understand for the first time, oh, this is not about being a kind of person. Yes, it's about a relationship with the living God, mm-hmm. right? It's about it's about the presence of Almighty God coming to live inside of me. It's about mm-hmm. God making my body His temple. But that, like that's what this is about, and 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 so like so it's not about it's not necess- it's not about me being a certain kind of person who does certain things or who doesn't do certain things. Right. It's about, it's about me giving myself over mm-hmm. to the Lord, acknowledging that he's my only hope, my rescue, my, and surrender my life to him. Right. And, and so, and, and, and so, so then when we do that, right, we make that turn, right. Which is kind of what I feel like you're describing happened at if gathering. Yes. Okay. This is not, you know, these are not women who are trying to who are trying to be a certain kind of person. Mm-mm. These are women who have surrendered their complete lives and their hearts to God, mm-hmm. and they have a relationship with God that I don't have, and I want to have that. Yes. Right? So, so then, so then, there's that moment of surrender that happens. We're like, man, I'm, you know, uh, mm-hmm. what, whatever that is, God, would you do that in me? Yes. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and that's exactly, you know, it's exactly what happened. It's, um. The whole first day, I just sat there and stared at people, if I'm right. being honest with you. Yeah. Like, I, of course, listened and enjoyed every every sermon that was was taught, but... But you haven't had a lot of experiences like that, No, right? never. That was by far my first experience. And so I spent a lot of the day, like, watching people worship, yeah. watching how people received what was being said, and which, <laughs> looking back, some of those ladies are like, oh, gosh, she stared at me, stared at me the whole time <laughs> Yeah, I honestly did. But, you know, um, I just remember 
telling Morgan afterwards, I hope she's okay with me talking about everything, but I know she will be, but uh, like, I just want to feel loved like that. I want to feel, I want that. And, you know, she kept pulling me to come and she said, I could just, I knew you were hungry for it. And she said, I don't know why, but I know that God used her and some of the other ladies in my life to, to pull me towards that Mm -hmm. because she knew that, but I just, I remember sitting there and we did the home, the home, yes. like we did an at home if gathering. Right. And I just remember sitting there and like thinking, gosh, I want to feel loved like that. I want to yeah. love like that because when you live through some of the things that I've lived through, like you become almost in a survival meth- mode, like yeah. it's all for yourself. And mm-hmm. that sounds really, really bad, but it's, all about just figuring out how you're going to make it to the next. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and like Jake was the first person and that made me feel like, gosh, he really does love me. And why? Like, you know, right. And that was a whole, whole thing that I had to realize, like that I was deserving of that love, Mm -hmm. but just seeing those women love God like that and feel the emotion and the Mm -hmm. realness, it was just, it was honestly mesmerizing for me. Mm-hmm. And I felt so empty at that point. And like, wow, like if this makes their heart so full and that's what it means to know him, gosh, I really want that for myself, you know, and not just for me, but for my kids. Right. Like, Cause how, how cool that I get to change that for, for my family. You know, mm-hmm. it stops with me of yeah, the right. not going to church, not knowing God, not, yeah. not, I, and I know my grandparents believed in God because they, they would say things, but they never sat us down and prayed that we never sat down and talked about it. But just knowing that uh, we were at a women's event. I think it was the like 2020 event that they did. Uh-huh. Um, they put on and I remember someone saying, uh, oh gosh, and now I've lost my train of thought with <laughs> with that. But just talking about, really being seen and really knowing, knowing him and uh-huh. no, I don't know. I don't know. It, it was just one of those things of wow for me. And yeah, then, and the then kind of starting to help you see there's more to this. Yes. Thing. Yeah. And that, that's what I'm, I'm trying to get at is like, I had done these little things. I'd gone to the Bible studies. I had done the, like started hanging out with more people going to church but I didn't know, and I just felt like he was pulling little glimpses. And then when I ended up at If, I was like, whoa, that's what they were talking yeah, about. Yeah, right, Like, right, you right. know what I mean? Like, because up until that point, I felt like being a Christian was just observing. Yes. And for me. And yeah. just watch, you, watching people worship. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's fascinating because you wanted to be in proximity to it, mm-hmm. but you didn't think it was available yeah. to you. Right. Right. So like, you know, so then you're, you're in this smaller group of people and you're watching all of this stuff happen and you're seeing, okay, there's a, this is not a philosophy for these people, right? This is not the, you know what I'm talking about? It's mm-hmm. not, this is not a way of ordering your life. That's not what this is. That, that wouldn't impact people. The only thing that impacts people like this is a relationship. When you have, right. when you have a connection to someone, that's, that's what this is. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, gosh, I don't have that. I mean, yeah. But then you wonder, uh, because you had wondered it your whole life, right? Mm-hmm. Well, can I have that? Yeah. Like, is that possible for me? Do you, well, God, does God want to have that with me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. And so we're worshiping, which was my favorite part of If Gathering. And yeah. I think, like, I love music. Uh-huh. I love um, being in church and listening to the ladies see and then yeah. too but yeah. like one of my favorite people is watching Roxanne oh, St. Yeah. Clair because they're just it's yeah. all out there and she, she is showing every bit of her love for That's him right. and yeah. she is singing and I just just love watching it so we were worshiping at If Gathering anyways and watch more I'm watching people worship at If Gathering uh-huh. and one of the songs came on and it's um, one of my favorite songs, but I just started bawling like, right. and it was just, and I'm hiding in this house. Cause I'm like, I can't let anybody see that. I have any emotion right. about this at all, you yeah. know? And I just started bawling and I knew like 
gosh, I want this so bad. Like, mm-hmm. and I can have this too. It's, there's so much more than yeah. listening to it and checking the boxes, right. Of being yes. a Christian. Yeah. And, and that day was just pivotal. I've said that too many times, but mm-hmm. just, I, I felt something I hadn't felt before that day. Right. And that's the moment where, that's the moment where you realized that God loved you. Right. And wanted relationship with you, wanted you to know him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And, and he was inviting you into this relationship and you, and you like received that, you know, like, like right. that was, the, so, it, so it wasn't about, you know, wasn't the, all those other things are good and important, right? Mm-hmm. Being, being around people who are good people, mm-hmm. being, you know, living your life in a, in a way that doesn't harm other people. That's generally a good, I mean, it's nothing wrong with those things, right? but it's not the sum of being mm-hmm. a Christian. The being, being a Christian is about that moment that you were talking about where, where, where you're just moved by the love of God mm-hmm. and you realize that it's, that love is extended to you mm-hmm. and you, all you have to do is just receive it. Right. You know? And you know, it really prompted a conversation with me and friends. So I was talking to you about this earlier, but just for so long, like I, I just tried to hide everything from yeah, the people right. that I was around and pretended like it wasn't happening, but it made me more willing to, ask the questions to my, my friends and mostly one friend, Morgan, just like, I'll tell you anything. There's not a dumb question. Like, what do you want to know? You know? And so I started asking her little things in here and there. And two summers ago before if gathering, I started going to their laugh group. It's the, um, Rendon and Eastwood group. Uh They, um, ours, it's ours now, but it wasn't then. (laughs) I'm like, that's funny for me to say it like that. It was not that then, but (laughs) it's ours now. But, um, the women during the summertime would meet on Wednesday nights still. Yeah. And we would, we have porch nights, we drink coffee Uh and sometimes it's just good, real conversation, but then everybody prays over each other at the end. And that was my first like time of dipping my toes in. And that's how I got around some of those women that really tugged me to go to if with them. Uh And then after like, it was just like, I'm, I want to ask you all these questions. I want you to help me. I want, I want to talk about what it looks like for you to pray for people, what it looks yeah. for like for you to be prayed for. And so I just got to be around, I don't know, these women and, and Jake and I talk about this a lot with our life group about our life group, but we go and we, we may not always be the one that wants to talk about everything and share everything, but the little community of people that know and love the Lord that we get to see through that yep. is just completely incredible. Mm-hmm. And you almost forget, that there are good people in the world if you don't have that surrounded you. Yeah. You know, sometimes I I would get stuck on some of the ugly and the yucky that I lived through or what I wanted from my sister or when I lost my other sister, mm-hmm. you know, and just just getting into those groups and knowing like these women really love the Lord and they love me and mm-hmm. they don't care about, yeah. you know, where I live, what I've lived before. Yeah. Um, and so after if if gathering, I really jumped into to some of those things. I talked Jake into going to a life group, yeah, which was a huge task, not because of church, but no. just the social setting. Oh yeah, that's I can imagine that that it takes a lot of courage for him to walk into a group like that. Yes, it's not his personality exactly, yeah. and it it really helped that the people in that group were so comfortable for yes. us. He knew Daniel, um, Morgan, and Daniel. Um, Rodney and Jennifer Vincent yep, are yep. part of that group and you know sports is the only way to talk to Jake <laughs> so that that was really a good good way to jump in um, but once we started going I felt like it just it drew us closer to each other mm-hmm. it reminded us like of the really good and you were talking this this Sunday I think about all the bad that happens and it's so easy to focus on that. But sometimes we've got to focus on the good. That's where mm-hmm. we should keep our focus. Yeah. And that's what he and I talk about is like all the ugly in the world. And that just brings us the happy. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's where we're coming back around to, or where my faith journey is coming, coming to of getting to know all the things with the people. But also one of the main things that kind of transpired from some of that, is 
and I keep referring to to Morgan, but she always tells me I'm so happy that people get to see you now. Yeah, right. Because for so long, I just didn't want anybody to know a single no. thing. Yeah. Because if they know, then they know. And I can't pretend like it's not happening anymore. Yeah. And initially, so I love I love my job. I love teaching kids. Kids are my favorite thing in the world. But a year ago, right before If Gathering, I, I told Jake, like, but is this like what God means for my heart? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's got to be something, something that, you know, I don't know. I always believe, I believe like we have a testimony and God intends for us to use it and we're yeah. supposed to use it to change the world. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I had told him like, there's got to be something I can do. Like that's not at school, something outside of school, something somewhere that can help me be different. And then I went to if gathering that next weekend. Right. And it was like the floodgates just opened. Yeah. And then I got asked to go to this conference um, that was focused on at-risk and homeless youth mm-hmm. and share my testimony. Yeah. And I was like, oh, absolutely not. You know, I'm not doing that because <laughs> yeah. it was right up the road in Lubbock and people would know, you know, and right. if people know. And then we had done that. It was right before If Gathering that we were doing the 2020 conference. Yes. And so for that, for me, it was just God telling me, like, you have got to let people see who you are mm-hmm. because if they don't, they're never going to know and mm-hmm. it's going to be all for nothing. Yeah. And that's what I have always told Jake with going to school to be an educator with my willingness to talk about some of the things that I talk about. Like if there's one person right. that knows that they're not alone or yeah. it, or it does something for them, then everything that I've lived is worth it. Right. Yeah. And so just being seen is what I feel like God has worked on for me over the past year and knowing that he's there and knowing that he sees me as well. And then we did, I feel like I'm talking and not letting no, you talk. No, you're the, you're the one we want to hear from. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, in the, and then we did a study with our, our life group talking about, um, I can't remember what it was called now, but just God being the one true father, mm-hmm. like our, our mm-hmm. earthly fathers are, are painfully flawed, even yeah. those that have wonderful fathers, mm-hmm. you know, um, Jake and Jake's dad are really the only reference I have to what it means to be a father, but you know, we, they make mistakes. I make mistakes as a mom, but I felt orphaned is for the lack of a better word to put it for so long. Mm -hmm. And so we started doing this study about like him being our one true father and like nobody is orphaned. And I remember the first day we watched the video, we got in the car and Jake was like, that was for you. Like Mm -hmm. you're not, you know, yeah. alone, you have a family. You, it's just not an earthly one. Right. And yes, we're building one of our own and mm. Jake's family has become my main. Yes. But that none of that matters at the end of the day because God loves me and, yeah. and he's, he's my father. He's my mother. He's my everything, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. So I don't know. That was just big for me. Yeah, there's so there's a lot of things that I, I want to kind of just circle back around and, and just make sure because I want to make sure our listeners have heard some of the stuff that you said because you said a lot of really good stuff. <laughs> um, the just this journey that that you went on from like uh, from the way you put it was going through the motions, but but mm-hmm. you but uh, but some people sometimes when people say that it sounds negative. Like I guess what I'm, some people like th- that's their best understanding of what faith is at that point right and i know there are people listening to this podcast that's a that's what they're doing at church right now like they're they're going to church because it feels like the right thing to do for their family mm-hmm. it feels like the right thing for them to do they want to be that the kind of person who goes to church right mm-hmm. and i don't want to i don't want to bag on that right i want to mm-hmm. that's not negative that at the moment when that you're in, like that's sometimes the best you can do. Right. right. So, so I'm thankful that there are people that are coming to our church and listening to the podcast and doing some of the things that you did, right. Going to mm-hmm. even going to Bible studies and stuff like that, who they're just kind of trying to put themselves in the proximity with this stuff because it feels like what they should be doing. Right. right? But, um, 
But if you're listening to the podcast and that's where you are, I just want you to hear from the bottom of from the bottom of Jamie and I's heart, <laughs> yes. right? That uh, that the love of God has so much more for you than that. Mm-hmm. And and maybe this is the step that you're at right now. But hear from Jamie where the Lord wants to take you, right? Mm-hmm. What the Lord wants to do in your heart is is He doesn't He He wants He wants to to show you. Uh, this unbelievable grace and love, and he wants it to be real and personal for you, right? He wants to, he wants for you to have a relationship with him, right? He wants to cause his name to dwell on you, to call you son, to call you daughter, right? Mm-hmm. That's what God has for you. That's mm-hmm. what he wants. The only thing that we have to do to receive all that is, is just to, to, to admit that we need it mm-hmm. and to, and to receive it from God. That, that That's it. Just if we would just surrender ourselves to the Lord, He gives all of that stuff to us. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to. We don't have. We don't have to pay for it. We don't have to mm-hmm. sacrifice for it. We just have to receive it from Him. Right. So that's beautiful. And I, I know that there are people who are coming to our church who are listening to the podcast who they're kind of in that in that mode and mm-hmm. and uh, and they've never thought about or even realized you know that there's that there's maybe something more a right? deeper level yeah yeah right mm-hmm. so what you're hearing right now is yes there is right mm-hmm. Jamie's telling you there's a whole <laughs> other door that you can walk through that's mm-hmm. and there are rooms on this other side of that door that you can't even imagine exist right that's what God wants to do mm-hmm. so I think that's awesome um, and the other the other thing that you uh, I just thought about this question and, and I want to ask those of you who listen to the podcast I just want to ask you, um, let's pretend like that there was a Jamie Warren at church, at our church on a Sunday morning, watching you worship. Hmm. What would they think, right? What? Because you are watching these women worship with absolute, with passion, with authenticity, mm-hmm. like and I'm not really trying to prescribe what that looks like for people because everyone's different. Mm-hmm. But I wonder sometimes if if you have been, you know, if, if you have been sitting next to me and my family or if you've been, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Right. And you were watching us. Would you have had that same experience? I want to think that you would be like, wow, you know, mm-hmm. the same experience you had with those women. This is real for him. This is really real for him. Right. But I think for some of us, if if, if we were being honest, you know, uh, a person, if they were watching us during worship at a church, at church, they might be like, kind of shrugging their shoulders, like I don't, you know what I'm saying? Well, like, and honestly, know? if you're watching me, my favorite thing to do is close my eyes and sing. Yeah, like I don't want to know oh, anybody's no. around me because you want to be in that moment, right? Present. So <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is like. I feel like for some of us, we let all kinds of other things get in the way of us worshiping like that. Right. Like, like unreserved, right? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe we worry about what other people think, or maybe we're distracted by other things that are going on in our life. But we'll come to, the, to this appointed time in the week that we've appointed to wor- for worship, right? right. And, uh, and we, won't en- we don't engage. Exactly. Right? And, mm-hmm. uh, and I just want to encourage folks who are listening because the, Jamie made this point so beautifully that, um, that first of all, you, we need that. Mm-hmm. We need that just that, that uh, you know, unreserved, raw, honest, vulnerable, you know, uh, passionate expression of gratitude to God. We need to do that in our own hearts. But, it, but not just us. Mm-hmm. Because it, there probably is someone sitting near you. Mm-hmm watching you who needs to see what it looks like to really, really love Jesus, right? right. With everything that, that you are. Mm-hmm. And that's when they can see it. That's when they're able to see it is in those moments where that we've set aside for that, mm-hmm. right? So don't miss that opportunity for yourself mm-hmm. or to be a witness to other people. I just want to encourage our folks. I just want to encourage our folks with that. And then the last thing that you talk, that you've said that I think so beautiful is that there's there's this continuing process. So you realize, you know, I want to have a relationship with God like these people do. I'm, mm-hmm. I want to be filled up with the love of God like they're filled up with the love of God, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then God does that for you, right? You, he He does. He fills you up with His love. But that doesn't mean that you're finished, Mm-mm. right? That just means that you're starting, you know? Right. And so there's all these other questions and there's all these other things and and you're continuing to lean in and press in and to try to learn and grow in your relationship with the Lord, which I think is 
what, what all of us are trying to do. Yeah. You know? And one of the things that me and my friends talk about, um, our little group of women is like, we're never done growing. That's right. And yeah. that was so hard for me initially. Um, just speaking to the listeners, like you're talking about who think going through the motions, like of, I would sit around and listen to my friends and people I knew talk about God and felt like, gosh, their relationship is so much better than mine is. They know so much more about him than All I right. do. Yeah. So how am I supposed to be there? Yeah. And, everybody's walk is different and that's what I'm like and you know I talk about one time I had a conversation with Charity um and gosh I love Charity she's a an incredible woman yeah but I I wanted to ask her like she mentors some women you know she talks to women and she asked me she said I'll do anything that you want but please tell me how what you and Morgan are doing together yeah every day isn't Morgan mentoring to you because Charity might be at a certain point in her faith walk and Morgan's at a certain point and here I am in mine. But now I'm getting to pray over other people I love and, and say, come with me, come do this with me because yeah, yeah, it may not be where you're at right now, but it's so incredible. Uh And I know I still have so far to go and Mm. I have so much to learn because I mean, I haven't read the whole Bible through and through. I don't know. I'm working right now on kind of trying to remember scripture and memorize scripture and, and stuff like that. So I have so far to go, but it's just so easy for us. I guess what I'm trying to say is quit comparing ourselves to what we think the other Christians are because everybody is so different. That's such good truth, man. Yeah. That's so good. And comparison is the trap that we fall all fall into, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's deadly. Right. It really is. And all of these things though, because you're like, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're all of these things that are impossible without community, like Mm -hmm. your whole story, is how the, uh, a, a group of people, like the body of Christ, you know, how Jesus revealed himself to you through the body, mm-hmm. through a group of people, and your connection, your friendship with them, that's how the Lord reveals himself. And friends, that's how he always does it. And, mm-hmm. and that's how we always grow. We were meant to live in community with other people. So it's impossible for us to be that God, the, the people that God has created us to be if we're not connected to a group like the one you're talking about. If we, don't, mm-hmm. if we don't have people around us who are pouring into our lives, who are praying over us, and we're praying over them, right? Mm-hmm. That's absolutely essential for us if we're going to be the people that God has created us to be. And, and if we get isolated, you know, then then we, we'll, never, we'll never really understand all that God wants to do in our heart and in our life. And, and one, so one last thing, and this might be a good place to wrap it up, uh, but, but I just, as I'm listening to you talk, Jamie, there's so much of your story where, and I think there's a lot of people listening that, would, that feel this same way. So I think it's really great that you've been talking about it. But I think there are a lot of us, because of stuff we've been through or whatever else, right? We just kind of assume that these good things from the Lord you know, that this relationship with God or that, you know, being a kind of person who loves God and worships God, we just kind of assume that that's for other people and not for us. Mm-hmm. And, and there are some of, some of folks listening to this podcast right now that have not really advanced in their faith because they just assumed that there's no way they could. It's mm-hmm. not for them. Other people with different backgrounds who haven't made the mistakes that we've made, who haven't lived through the things that we've lived, they can be that. Yeah, because they're worthy. Yeah. And but I can't be that because mm-hmm. I've, I've done all these things or I've lived through this awful stuff or I've had, you know what I'm, you know what I mean? I'm broken. I'm messed up. Absolutely. And that was one of the big things for me is just not feeling worthy of his love. Right. Like how, how could he, because of the things that I've lived through, I haven't made awesome decisions navigating through that faith sure. um, or navigating through, through my walk because of the little resources and the little people that I had. But when you, I just have to say, like when you touch on community, like we are so lucky, Mm -hmm. like everybody notices some of the difficult things about here in shallow water. Sure. But I will tell you this little community saved my life. The teachers, the people here at church, the friends, the, all of it. Like, Mm -hmm. and I had focused so long on not having that community that, 
I almost felt like I wasn't ever going to get to because I didn't deserve it. And recently, since I've opened up to letting those people do those things for me, pray for me, be there for me, love on me, love on my kids, Mm -hmm. it's it's just changed so much. And so I think when you say that, it's so important to know, like, you can't have it without those people. Yeah. That's so good. And, and I just, there's someone who's listening right now and you, and you, you're literally, you wonder, is any of this even available for me? You know, and you wonder about it, whether you're worthy of the, of God's love. You might not even ever articulate it, right? You might not would ever say it out loud, but really in your heart, that's what's keeping you from, from surrendering your heart and your life to Christ because you just think, think you don't deserve God's love. And, and and so I hope you heard this powerful story of how of how you know Jamie in the in a in a living room full of wild-eyed crazy Jesus loving women <laughs> right right like understood for the first time that this was for her that God loved her like that that she that God she wasn't worthy for, for any other reason other than God has said this is my daughter mm-hmm. and I love her and she's worthy because I declare her to be worthy and I want you to hear that too. Mm-hmm. If you're listening right now, you, you, you don't have to, if you look at your life and you think, gosh, my life is a dumpster fire, join the club. Like <laughs> me too, right? I'm a pastor of a church and I'm just telling you, I, uh, I don't deserve the love of Christ at all. And, and there's nothing you've done that's, that's any, any more horrible than the things that I've done in my life, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about that. God has declared me worthy. Mm-hmm. God has declared you worthy. He has said that you are worthy of his love. And because he said it, it's true. Mm-hmm. Finally, forever, it's true. Right. And there's nothing anybody can do to take that away, to diminish that, to that 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 is true because the Lord God said it. This is the same God who looked at the void mm-hmm. and said, "Let there be light." Mm-hmm. And at the sound of his voice, right? Light appeared. This God has declared that you're worthy of his love. Right. That settles it once and for all, mm-hmm. right? You're, you, of course you're worthy because God has said it. Mm-hmm. So the only choice that's in front of us now, once we realize that the only choice is, will we receive it from mm-hmm. him? You know? And, uh, and so I just want to encourage anybody who's listening right now, don't, don't let how you feel about yourself or how you, how, what you have come up with, uh, uh, for your identity, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't let that keep you from Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he, He's declared you worthy. He's chosen to give his love to you. All you have to do is take it. All mm-hmm. you have to do is receive it. And I just want you to hear that today, man. That's good, good stuff. Jamie, thank you. Thank you man, for having me. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. It's good to it's good to get to hear your story. I, you know, speaking of the that conference, when you shared your story at a women's conference here and and uh and my so and my wife was there, you know, helping put it all together. But she I mean, she came home after it was over and and uh, the first thing that she was talking about was your testimony mm-hmm. and how, how beautiful and how powerful it was and what an impact it made on her and so many other women. So you, what's beautiful to me is, right, you've had this, you have this awesome moment that you point to where there were these women who were an example to you of what it means to be loved by God, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you saw that happen, and that's when, that's when you surrendered your heart and your life to Christ, right? Mm-hmm. But what you need to know is that, that there are so many other women whose story is going to include you in that same way already does. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. How awesome is that? It really was a a full circle moment for me because living in the town that people think that they know what I walked through being the homeless kid from the high school, you know, to getting to come to our church where I used to worship in that room. That was our, you know, you know, and getting to share my my story, my side of it, and telling how God was working for me was just a complete full circle moment for me of getting to give that to anybody else. And I hope that just one, you well, know, I already know that. So yeah. <laughs> no one, you know, but but many other women. And I just that's the y'all. That's the power of the gospel. That's mm-hmm. the power of the gospel. That that uh, that God can take this broken mess of our lives and can use it to do beautiful things in the lives of other people. And I just, uh, I'm so grateful for that every day. Every time I, every time I climb onto that stage to preach Mm -hmm. a message, I'm grateful that God can take the broken mess in my life and use that in some way in somebody else's life. That's just, that's the power of the gospel. That's what God has done in Jamie's life. That's what God has done in my life. But that's what God wants to do in yours. 
So uh, I want you to hear that today. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, appreciate you listening. I know that this time was uh, inspiring for you like it was for me. I'm, and I'm grateful to you, Jamie. Thank you so much Thank you. Uh, for sharing uh, your story. This won't be the last time, I'm sure. We've got, God's got big plans for you and for your story. So, uh, <laughs> thank but, you. but, uh, but thank you for joining us. And all of you folks out there listening, we'll be back next week with another amazing and interesting, fascinating uh, guest. Uh, but until then, we'll see you around town. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.